0: Hello and welcome to Top in Tech, a global council podcast. My name is Conan Darcy and I'm your regular host to talk you through the latest developments in all things tech policy. And this week, we're going to focus on the reorganization of the British government. Now I recognize this sounds potentially quite banal to a tech policy audience, but this was a departmental reorganization with a difference. It had tech policy at its very heart underlining a personal commitment to tech as an engine of economic growth from the British Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. So I am delighted that to talk me through it today is Poppy Woodcock. Poppy is a senior associate in GC's London office, and she recently joined us from the Department for Culture, Media and Sport. So she's well placed to talk us through why this has happened, but also why does it matter? So Poppy, welcome. Thank you. Can you just start off by talking me but also listeners through what's happened here and just to there's an anxiety both of us had before starting this podcast that it might be a blizzard of acronyms so can we just with those in mind who are particularly outside of the uk can we talk through in a relatively straightforward way about what has happened so what who was responsible for tech and digital policy in the uk government before this change and then who is responsible for it now
1: So last week, the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, announced a change of the departments and how they're set up across the UK government. Previously, we had responsibility for technology policy under the Department for Digital, Culture, Media and Sport, but it also sat across a number of other departments, be it the Cabinet Office or the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. So what the Prime Minister's done is he split up the existing department of business, energy and industrial strategy, often known as BEIS, and it's now been put into three different departments. DCMS still exists, but it's lost its digital part um, and it will instead be focusing on culture, media and sport. This makes a lot of sense as previously you had sort of policy from online safety bill to artificial intelligence and data sat alongside the teams who were delivering Eurovision and the coronation. So very split priorities for the department. Now we have three departments that have come out of Bayes. So the first one is the department for energy security and net zeros. So this is looking at sort of reducing bills, cutting emissions, cutting dependence on international energy. We also have the department for business and trade, which has taken the business part of Bayes and put it into the department of international trade. And most importantly for our listeners, we've got the department for science, innovation, and technology. This is intended to focus on turning scientific and technical innovations into solutions and things that the government sees as a current challenge for the economy. And this is being headed up by Michelle Donnellan. She was previously secretary of state for the department for digital culture, media, and sport, and she's been in place since September where she's been leading on things like the online safety bill. So she does have this experience with the technology policy from her time in DCMS.
0: So for those listeners who have been engaged in the world of British public policy, many of you would have been engaging with DCMS, which is Digital Culture, Media and Sport Department, prior to this. But now are going to having to be engaging with the Department for Science, Innovation and Technology. So there's a, there's a shift there. But I guess there's a certain continuity in many of the personnel who were in DCMS before and now in the newly known DCIT are going to be the same people. A lot of those business teams are moving over. So there is some form of continuity. There's also continuity, as as Poppy said, in, in Michelle Donilon moving across and some other, other ministers. But there's also this great disruption with the business department being split into three. Interestingly, there was always a lot of talk before this change about how digital policy should potentially move from the Department of Digital Culture, Media and Sport to the business department, now it, that has sort of happened, but in a way I don't think many people really expected. And the the chopping up of the department, but that core insight that putting science, R and D, innovation, and then tech and digital policy together is one that has been crystallised by this change. So if we look at having already explored their poppy, at what the government has done, can we just talk about a little bit more about why they? have done it what is Rishi Sunak or what is the broader cabinet within government trying to achieve by bringing together tech and science policy in this way?
1: It's really putting science and technology at the forefront of the government's work. There's been a lot of noise in the past and I think this is something the government has faced a fair bit of criticism for around saying the right things about technology and wanting to the UK to be a technological superpower but not having the ability to back this up be it with policy, or with R&D funding. Now, there will be one place that gives the funding and also is it responsible for policy all under one roof. There's a lot of criticism about moving things around ahead of an election. You know, a lot of politicians don't see the value of it, but actually there's a chance this could be really beneficial for delivery, particularly around things like quantum, AI, engineering, biology, semiconductors, and future telecoms, all of which are what the government announced that this department would be focusing on alongside things like life sciences, space, and green technology. They'll also be taking on quite a lot of legislation. So it would be online safety bill, the data protection and digital information bill, and the digital markets and competition and consumer bill, all of which previously sat within the DCMS, so the digital culture, media, and sport department. Bring them all together takes what was quite a scattered policy agenda into one department, which can be really driving these forward, making sure that the government's attracting the best tech talent. That's something they've said they'd like to do with the formation of this new department, but also really showing their commitment to putting science and technology at the forefront of government policy and using it to solve challenges that they see across the economy.
0: What you're saying to listeners there is that Previously, we had this situation where the encouraging of tech, the encouraging of inward investment and the growth of the tech sector lay with one department, the business department. But then regulating the risks and the harms that created from these new technologies was dealt with with another department. And sometimes when you have a sort of split personality in that way, you're not having a coherent, cohesive, single strategy that brings us all together that that balances the positive and the negative in a in a single thought-through approach to the tech sector, And that's something that's been lacking and something that Michelle Donlin and Rishi Sunak hope to get right. They don't have long to do this till the next election, as you pointed out. But I think they hope that this will be their legacy, even if they're not forming the next new government from 2024, 2025 onwards.
1: Yes, exactly. You previously had the data policy team, for example, sitting within DCMS. So that's looking purely at regulating it. And by not being within the business department, you're really missing that avenue of looking at its benefits for the uh, the economy as a whole. Um, For example, the Office for Artificial Intelligence sat across both Bayes and DCMS, which sort of guarantees that it's not going to have a natural home in either and perhaps not be given the full full, um, interest that it should be. From those at the top of the department.
0: Okay, so let's 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 look at this then from the personal perspective, Poppy, as a former civil servant, former government official, within one of these departments that has now been broken up. We've agreed that there are arguments for these changes in principle, but the practical effect of this, in, in the jargon in in the UK, they're called machinery of government changes. How effective or practical, on a day to day basis? Do you believe such changes are
1: so luckily i never uh went through one of these processes while i was with DTMS, but i think from uh speaking to former colleagues it's clear that this kind of thing takes up a lot of time and energy people are focusing on what desks should they be sat at you know who are they now reporting into rather than pushing forward important policy i think uh, a good example of this is someone i know well is now within the department for energy and net zero And a lot of their time is being spent discussing what they'll be referring to the department as by that acronym. While we know that there will be a delay to certain legislation off the back of this, as you say, there's not been huge changes in the personalities. So we'll still see the same ministers more or less responsible for the same portfolios. And hopefully this means that while there may be a slight delay while things are being organised, actually there won't be significant changes that will push it back any further.
0: The danger, as it strikes me, of this sort of change is that to actually bear fruit, it's a medium to long-term exercise. It's only after a matter of time will you get that coherent thinking between, as we put it before, the, the regulatory side and the, the growth investment side of the digital policy agenda. Only by putting them together over several years will that come together in a single cohesive strategy and approach trying to do that now and see some sort of benefits within a year year and a half of a general election seems pretty unlikely that it will change much in the positive because the government's agenda is already set it could however as you point out there lead to a certain amount of disruption that affects the short-term delivery of a lot of these uh, policy priorities so let's come on to those we talk often on the podcast about the online safety bill the media bill, uh, the digital competition bill, whose name I can't quite fully remember, and then the data bill uh, as well. Likewise, I, I can't quite remember the full name of it. But anyway, these, these big pieces of legislation, online safety bill is in Parliament. The other three are pending, entering Parliament. You said earlier that they will all be moving over to this new uh, science, innovation and technology department. Do we expect or should listeners expect that that change of responsibility will affect in any way the content of these pieces of legislation?
1: Yes, so we could expect that the online safety bill, the digital competition bill and the data bill will now all sit within DCIT. And I think we can be fairly sure that the media bill will remain within DCMS. This does mean that DCMS now only has one bill to focus on, whereas previously they had quite a large number and it it was going to be a really legislation-heavy sort of parliamentary term for them. As i think we've said there hasn't been huge changes in the personalities um so the ministers and the officials that are leading on these policy areas and teams seem to have gone fairly wholesale over to the department for science innovation and technology which means that there shouldn't be any disruption in terms of content there's a chance that politicians may see this as an opportunity to review the legislation but i suspect They'll want to continue with it, conscious of ensuring delivery and that things aren't held up by these changes to machinery of government.
0: So it's essentially a question of timing rather than content. We might see delays, but the essential elements of the bills, which are already out there or you know close to final drafts, are unlikely to change substantially because of this more technocratic change within government. I was interested about your point there about the media bill. I suppose, I hadn't really thought about this before, but the media bill does gain a certain amount of prominence within the remaining lump of DCMS that's there now. So the content there will obviously be looked at perhaps with greater prioritisation than it had been when it was competing with three other pieces of legislation. So if you're a streaming platform or a broadcaster or film studio, that piece of legislation which is set to change the regulatory environment for those sectors could potentially have more scope for change perhaps than some of those others that have gone to the science innovation, and technology departments. Let's move slightly away from this. We've been very much concentrating on the business department, digital policy, how that has all been split up and remodeled and so on and so forth. But one element that went a bit under the radar in this machinery of government, as it's called, changes, was that the National Security and Investment Act, the NSIA, which is essentially the UK's investment screening legislation, responsibility for that used to be in the business department but it's now moved across to the cabinet office so poppy can you just share a few reflections on this do you think it will have any significant impact on investment screening decisions within the uk
1: yes absolutely so as as you've said moving the national security investment act responsibilities have moved within the cabinet office and um, we've heard even before this change number 10 were really interested and wanted to exert a lot of control over these decisions I think we can expect that them being housed within the cabinet office rather than within a more uh, policy-specific department means that we'll see a, an approach much more founded in national security perhaps.
0: So it's interesting then the if there's a focus more on national security and if the business department naturally from its name was focusing both on the national security elements but obviously had in mind that more industrial strategy element it does somewhat narrow some of the focus there it, it does potentially imply that the focus of investment screening intervention by the government might focus more on companies coming from countries where there are security concerns for example china and less on companies where we are very well aligned with security such as the United States or with other NATO allies. But we'll have to see how that that plays out. And that's one issue that we're going to keep a very close eye on at Global Council over the coming weeks and months. So Bobby, let's just quickly conclude with a question about the Labour Party. Everyone's obviously looking at Labour as a potential government and waiting. What have they done here? Have they responded to this change in departments by changing how They set up themselves in their shadow cabinet or have they done a reshuffle? What are we to expect in this regard?
1: So, so far we've seen no changes in the shadow cabinet from Labour. They already had Ed Miliband separate from the Bayes shadow secretary of state, focusing purely on energy. So he will now naturally sit as a counterpart to the Department of Energy Security Net Zero. Therefore, we expect that probably Jonathan Reynolds, who's currently the shadow secretary of state for Bayes, Will take over responsibilities for the department for business and trade and we will see nick thomas simmons taking over business and trade but currently the media has said that they won't be having a reshuffle until after recess but it's probably more likely that we'll see a more broad wholesale reshuffle after the local elections that could mean that we see some changes within the personalities across this department for example we know that darren jones is being tipped for a position somewhere the Department for Science, Innovation and Technology could be a very natural fit for him following his time on the base Committee, but also as a member of quite a lot of groups looking at digital and tech policy.
0: And there's an interesting question looking beyond the immediate reshuffle or not that Labour may, may enact in the coming weeks and months, just to whether the Labour government will move forward with the departmental changes that they've inherited. You could, for instance, see... An argument being posed that DSIT and the business department may naturally sit together as a much bigger industrial strategy department that focuses on science, innovation and tech, but also business making policy more broadly. And that would be something a little bit more akin to what was the situation within the government at the time of the end of the last Labour governments in 2010. But anyway, Poppy, thank you very much for taking us through that. And I hope listeners uh, found that informative Lots to watch over the next uh, few months to see how this actually plays out in practice. So if you, your business, or your investment are exposed to any of these changes, which range pretty widely, to be honest, from data protection through to AI policy, through to quantum, through to cloud, and so on and so forth, you can find our contact details at our website at www global-council.com or via the link in the podcast notes so thank you very much for joining us and uh, on the next podcast we will have sarah o'connor from the ft who is going to talk us through her views on the impact of technology on the workplace thank you very much